Wonderful, wonderful. It's so great to hear chatter in the room. It seems like these are genuine conversations that's going on. And we hope that you could carry these conversations on after the service as well as we have teas and coffees. Now, I want to say good morning, church. I'm here this morning. Uh, I'm the assistant pastor here. Uh, my name is Isaac, and I'm married to the lovely Emily. If you've not met her yet, you will do. Um, but over, we're, I'm here today, and I'll be preaching on prayer. And um, over the, the next f- sort of few weeks, we'll be talking about prayer, why it's important, um, how we can pray, why it's important, why it's integral to the life of followers of Jesus. And you know, for me, when I was sort of preparing for this message, I thought, you know, the God of the universe, the God who made the sun, the moon, the stars, um, you know, put planets out into the universe, has time to listen to my prayer request, listen to Isaac's little old prayer request. And it boggles my mind. I don't know about you, but I come to him and give him a prayer and he, I see him answer it. Not all the time. I see him answer it. And yet he does. I want to get it right here. When I'm talking about when God answers, it's not that I've sewn God up in my pocket and I've got him in my back pocket. Or like a genie, I could pull him out and rub him three times and I get what I want. But you know what? Children say prayers. And it's, it's such a heartfelt prayer that children say. And they say it best when praying to God. And I've got a, a couple here just for you. So here's a prayer request from a child. Uh, I don't know who Mikey Johnson is, but you'll soon find out. It says, Dear God, could you please send Mikey Johnson to another summer camp this year? I don't know what Mikey Johnson did the year before, but that child did not want to see Mikey Johnson again. There's a prayer as well for a child to be like his dad. He said, Dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I grow up, but without so much hair all over. Kids say it the best, don't they? Here's another one. It says, Dear God, I love Christmas and Easter, but could you please put another holiday in the middle? There's nothing going on that's good right now. And lastly, this prayer got me as well. It's a prayer for a pony. And you could tell the heartfelt prayer of a young, I imagine it's a young girl. Dear God, please send me a pony. I've never asked for anything before. You could look it up. Kids just say the best things, don't they? When it comes to prayer, they're the best. They unlock it. They, they seem to get the heart of prayer. In today's passage, we're going to read of a man who had come to a point of frustration in his life. And he sought God for an answer. And this is found in First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. So I wonder if you would turn your Bibles there with me. So if you've got it, you could open it. Or if it's a digital one, please swing that open. It's First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. And it reads, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh God, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, so it may not bring me pain. And we're told that God granted what he asked. Now, the writer of Chronicles writes a list of names of 
people who fall in line of descendants of Judah. And it seems like a list that seems to go on and on. I don't know if you've ever read Chronicles, but when you're reading through the names, so-and-so begat so-and-so and so forth. That is until we reach Jabez. And we read a little more than just about his name in there, but a bit more about his story. The first thing we pick up is his name. Now, his mother named him Jabez because she said, I bore him in pain. And it also could be transferred as, or he will cause pain. Now, I don't know what went on in that room when the baby came out and the midwife was said, oh, here's your lovely son. And all that mum could remember was the pain that she was in. And so she called him Jabez. It's a bit of a hard name to carry with you. I imagine growing up amongst his friends, it might have been awful as well, because you're thinking, my name means he causes pain. School might have been a horrible place as well. But you know, when it comes to naming children and other names, names are so important. My name means laughter. And my wife's name means hard working. When you put us together, you get laughter while working hard. (laughs) Now, that's all I've got today. So don't expect any more jokes from me. But I am here same time next week. (laughs) You see, these are all hypotheticals that we have or that I've put together about Jabez's name. But it says that he was considered most honorable amongst his brothers and that he's known for calling on God and asked God for blessing and protection. And scripture says that God answered him. Now, I don't know about you, but right from a young age, growing up in a Christian household, I remember my mum taking us as children and teaching us to pray. It was every day a part of what we did. When we got out of, when we went, before we went to bed, we prayed. And at mealtime, we prayed as well. Prayer was central to everything that we did. And you know, prayer in its simple terms is communicating with God through words. Sometimes it's not even words. It's just sitting in his presence. And that is prayer. But as Gary so rightly mentioned, that Jesus would pray. And Jesus would start his day off in prayer. And his disciples sought him to say, Jesus, how do you pray? How do we pray? And as Gary spoke about that, he instructed them on a pattern rather than a recitation. And it's known as the Lord's Prayer. It goes like this. It says, the first part is our father, which refers to the intimacy that we're called to have with God. God is our father. Hallowed be your name. It speaks of his holiness, that his name is to be honored. His name is to be adored. The next part of the prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth. And that speaks of justice, that God's justice is not only just for heaven, but also for here on earth. And the bit that we're going to focus on today is give us this day our daily bread. This speaks of God's provision, not just for the week, but the day, his daily provision. You see, Jesus clearly invites his disciples and us to pray for those material things that we need for everyday life. So it's not just those things that we need or we think we need, but it's the things that he knows that we need for everyday life. It isn't just praying for bread. That's good if, we, if our prayer was just, God, could you sort bread out for me? That would be easy. But it recognizes that our need for all things from God on a daily basis. 
Now, here are some of the things that we need God's provision for. I'm sure for many of us in the room, our finances, we bring that to God and we know that we need him in that job or our work. If you're looking for a job or you have your work, that God will sustain you, keep you, that you would grow in that. What about our health as well? Health is one of the things that we seek God for provision for daily. Housing, a roof over our head, that doesn't come cheap. I know there's some new students coming in to Birmingham, and I pray that they do go into a house that doesn't have reeking rats or bust pipes. It's good to pray to God for those things. How about transport? We need it daily. (laughs) You know, living in a city, if you're driving or you're commuting on the train or the bus, those are things we could bring to God. Relationships that we have. He's created us for relationships. So why not bring that to God on a daily basis? Whether it be with a spouse or children or friends, relatives, we could bring that to God and guidance. You know, the list can go on and on what we can pray to God for when it comes to for his provision, when it comes to his provision. But David Peters writes in his book, he was uh, a couple that we had here and they, they preach. And in his book, he says this, he says, we have a kind heavenly father who wants to meet all our legitimate needs for living. We are simply to ask and thank him for the answer. The Bible tells us that all things were made by him, Jesus, and for him. He is the source of all good things. And he told his disciples that anything you ask in my name will be given to you. Anything. You know, a few years back when we had just got married, um, we had just come back from our honeymoon. And uh, as I was walking up the stairs, because we lived in a flat at the time, um, someone had so kindly put our post for the week that we were away uh, in front of our door. What greeted me was a letter from HMRC. And I thought, wonderful. A little tax return would be great right now. We had so much fun while we were out on honeymoon. And some money back would be good. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't a tax return. To my horror, it was a penalty of £1,250. See, uh, not money that only that we owed, uh, that they were asking for, but this was a penalty that we had to pay. And this was the reason why, because I didn't fill in my tax reforms um, since 2013. That was a hard crash back to reality. But if that wasn't bad, the other thing they said was, if you don't pay this in the next 30 days, it will rise by another £250. I'm going to tell you now, we did not have the money to pay that fine. So what do you do when you're in a bit of a financial pickle with your wife? You argue. No, no, we didn't do that. We gathered around friends and families and whoever was willing to pray. And that's what we did. We did it with our connect group, which was so good to have our connect group with us. Subsequently, we called um, them up, HMRC, and just explained to them that, you know, I or we had been absent-minded, um, and we told them that I was no longer self-employed and hadn't been for the last four years. You know, within a week, we received a letter to say that the fine had been wavered 
Praise God. That felt like God just really answering our prayer. And you know what? I'll put it out there. This caution. If you are self-employed, fill in your tax forms. Ensure that you keep HMRC updated with your employment status. Secondly, cheeky little plug. I would encourage you, if you're a part of this church or want to be a part of this church, come and join a connect group. You know, they could be so vital for times of trouble. But you know, when that letter came in and I read it and I opened it up, you know, our prayer life skyrocketed. And you know, it always seems to be in those times of emergency that our prayer life amps up. That's when we start to pray. That's when we start to gather people around and pray, which is good. It's a good response. But you know what, church, I want to encourage us that we make prayer the steering wheel rather than the spare tire. The steering wheel rather than the spare tire. Don't wait for the points where we get a puncture and we're like, oh, yeah, now we could refer to prayer but actually let it lead and lead you forward. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it way easier praying for others than I do praying for myself. If someone's in need of healing, provision, guidance, I am there. And you know, this might be because much of us, we feel selfish if we're praying for our own needs. If we only ever... um, pray for our own needs we feel like oh well that we're not being a good witness we're not being a good christian and jesus did say that we should pray for others he says we should pray for our enemies so we're encouraged that we should pray for others so we might feel selfish if we're praying for our own needs but when we look at the psalms we come across david and he prayed a lot and he prayed a lot for himself he prayed in times of desperation He was constantly praying for God's forgiveness, God's protection, God's direction. David continually prayed to God. In Matthew 7 and 7 to 8, Jesus encouraged the crowd as he was preaching. And he said this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. To the one who knocks, it will be opened. Jesus asks, or he invites us to ask, to seek, to knock daily for his provision. I'm just going to grab some water. Jesus asks and invites us. To ask, to seek, to knock. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it this, this way. He says, the right way to pray is to stretch out our hands and ask the one we know who has the heart of a father. But you know, with our praying and bringing it to God, we need to get the right balance. We don't go to God with a list of things that we need from him. You know, almost as if, It's a check that we've got and we want to cash it in. Thank you, Jesus. I'll see you same time tomorrow morning. No, that's not how we come to God. But you know that scripture tells us that he already knows what we need before we even ask. Before we even ask, God knows our every need. And it is that God desires us to petition him for all good things that we need to fulfill his will. And this could be for physical, 
This could be for emotional. We could trust God. What I want to put down here is that God is sovereign over all things. That he will answer when he wills and he answers. We've got to make sure that our prayer isn't just about our own motives or what we want to do or what we want to achieve. And that it's not selfish endeavor. You know, time and time again, Emily and I have seen God's hand of provision. There was a time when our car had completely stopped working. I mean, it was a non-start. It wouldn't even put the key in, turn the ignition. It wouldn't even kick start. And we shared this at the time with our friends and our family. And we let them know that we didn't have the finances um, to purchase another car. But a week later, friends of us called us up. And they said, you know, we were praying for your situation. And uh, in our prayer time, God has just said something really bonkers. He's asked us to give our car, our only car that we have, to you. Meaning that we have no car ourselves and the spouse was pregnant. So I was a bit like, wow, no, we can't, we can't take this from you guys. Like, you need it more than we do. We'll sort ourselves out with transportation. But they felt that God had asked them to share that with us. You know, to our surprise, they received a check in the post. And it was a check for the amount that they were looking for a car in full, right to the letter, to the dot. Exactly what they needed. You see, while they were praying for our, our provision, and we were praying for our provision, God, God provided for us. But what was so good about that story was that he also provided for them. I've seen God do it so many times. It's not just something that I'm here to boast about. But I'm saying that you also can experience God's divine provision. We're we're called to ask. We're called to knock. We're called to seek. And not just for those things that we need in, in the sense of the practical and the material. It's in all things. God answers our genuine needs. Genuine needs that we bring to him. He doesn't turn his eye to it. What consists of a genuine need? He knows what you need. For some of you in the room, it might be strength for today is what you need. For some of you, it's hope for tomorrow. And we all have a hope in Christ Jesus, which isn't just dependent on today and how we're feeling. But there's a hope for tomorrow. There's a hope for eternity. The old Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple says this, he said, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. Sometimes it feels like you could put together a formula and say, this is how God answered me. And if you come to me afterwards and say, well, what were the prayer exactly that you prayed that God provided a car? I couldn't tell you. But I do know that when you pray, coincidences happen. God makes those coincidences happen. Back to the story of Jabez. It's a descriptive story, not one that's a prescriptive one for us. But actually, there's things that we can learn from it. There's things that we see God do, even in Jabez's humble prayer. The first thing is, Jabez prayed for blessing. 
He said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. One of the things that I've learned as being a Christian along this road, that God has what could only be described as a willingness to bless us. I don't know why he does it. But we find through characters in scripture, you know, through Abraham, he told Abraham, leave your father's house and go to the land that I will show you. I will bless you and your descendants and all the nations of the earth will be blessed. God has this way of blessing us and in so blessing us, we bless others. There's many other characters, Esther in her position as the queen. She had heard that there was a talk of the Jews being annihilated. So she, she sought the king and the king granted her requests. She prayed about it. She brought it to God and the king brought about. The king granted her request. How about Moses? Moses had lived his life in, in Egypt, in, in royalty, and through his own means, he did something wrong and ended up out in the desert. But God found him there. And God said he's going to use him to deliver his people from Egypt. Moses was blessed with seeing God do great miracles through him. And he was faithful to God's answer, God's call to speak up for the Jews, the Hebrews, the Israelites. No matter how long it took. And he saw God's hand of provision, God's hand of leading upon them as a nation. So when we pray for blessing, it's not just so that we shine. It's not just so that we look good. I'm sure you've gathered that already. It's maybe something that's not new to you. But I wonder this morning if you could ponder a little bit. Are there some things in your life that you feel have been a blessing from God and that you want to use to serve others? What has God blessed you with that you could use to serve others, that you could use to bless others? That was Jabez's first request. God, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. The second part of his prayer was that your right hand might be with me. Now, in ancient times, the right hand, especially in scripture, signified God's strength, God's power and authority. Jabez was praying that God would be with him. God, God would be ever present. And we see in the Psalms that David said this prayer, he said, in your presence, there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forever. David here is expressing the trust in the knowledge that his God has his life eternally secure. And for us, as people of the new covenant, we have the promised Holy Spirit, the indwelling presence of God, the abiding presence of God. Jesus said that I must go, but I am sending the Holy Spirit. He will be the comforter and that he would lead you into all truth. Jabez prayed for the abiding presence of God. This morning, I want to encourage us, church, that we have the abiding presence of God by his Holy Spirit. Isn't that a great promise from God? Lastly, Jabez prayed for protection. He said, keep me from harm so it might not bring 
me pain. We can call on God for his protection at all times, in all things, knowing that he is sovereign over all things. But, you know, for us as New Covenant believers, because of Jesus, our focus is God's spiritual protection from the enemy of our souls. That our circumstances wouldn't cause us to lose hope, but that he would guide our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, as it says in Philippians 4 and 7. God would surround you with protection. For those of you in the room, you might know this famous prayer in Psalms 23 and verse 4. He says, even though, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For why? You are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Church, I want to say this morning that there will be hard times. There will be dark times. There will be disappointments. And there will be trials. But we have this assurance in Jesus. This assurance that he gave his disciples in John 16 and 33. He says, I have told you these things so that you might have peace. In this life, you will have troubles. But take courage. I have overcome the world. He's overcome the world. He has overcome the world. So we stand in victory, not in our own victory, but in Jesus' victory. Jabez prayed for God to bless him and enlarge his, inter- his territory. He asked for God's presence and he asked for God's protection. I want to say this morning that we have that guaranteed in Christ Jesus. We have that guaranteed in Christ Jesus. So here are some practical prayers that we can pray for ourselves. It's important that we don't neglect ourselves. You know, the, the famous um, commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. The second part says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, if you're not loving yourself, I'm not sure you're going to be able to fight, love your neighbor. But also you need to get the right balance that you're not just completely loving yourself, but you're also <laughs> loving your neighbor. So in no particular order, here are some practical prayers that you could pray for yourself you could pray for spiritual growth and maturity it's God's desire that when you become a believer that you don't stay where you are but actually you grow pray in that over yourself for God's provision for spiritual growth and maturity is right up there another prayer that you could pray is for strong faith to trust God in every situation I don't know about you but in every situation it doesn't come that easy. So actually coming to God and saying, do you know what, God, I, I don't really have the strength to pray right now. But Lord, I pray that you would strengthen my faith in you, that I can trust you in this particular situation. Another one we could pray for is a pray for a spirit of humility to recognize our need for God. You know, sometimes we go about life and to be honest with you, uh, if you're here in the Western world, we do have a lot of things going for us. You know, we work and then we get paid. And sometimes we don't even see where that money comes from. We work the hours and then it appears in our account. And so, you know, we get to that point of being independent 
even with our finances, we get independent, even with trusting God in the small things that we might seem as small. small. But we need to pray for a spirit of humility to recognize our need for God. The next prayer is pray for boldness. Pray for boldness to share your faith with others. We're called to be witnesses of Christ. We're called to to go out to the highways and the byways. We're called to to carry the testimony. And, you know, sometimes it could be just boldness. It's confidence that we need. And just, just as we start our day, maybe that could be a thing that we pray for. God, I pray that you give me boldness to share my faith, to share what you've done in my life with others. Moving on, pray for the grace to be a good steward of all your resources. I won't dwell on that one too much, but that, let that sink in. Pray for grace to be good stewards. Pray for a spirit of service to be a blessing to others. So key in this Christian life. Like I said, it's not just praying for ourselves that God would bless us, but that we would be blessings to others. Pray for a deep desire to live a life pleasing to God. Pray for a generous heart to give cheerfully and sacrificially. It's twinned, isn't it? Cheerful. The Bible says to be a cheerful giver. Sometimes we need to pray about being giving sacrificially. This is going to cost me. A bit like the, the prayer of our friends who gave us the car. God gave them a generous heart. Pray for a spirit of excellence in all that you do. So whether that's you at work, whether it's you at home with the children, whether it's you in the university lecture hall, whether it's you, you know, cycling to and from work, whatever you do, pray for a spirit of excellence in all that you do. In all that you do. Why? To the glory of God. Pray for the grace to live in the present and not be anxious about the future. That's a really good one, isn't it? Sometimes it can be overwhelming. Our circumstances, our situations. But we could pray for grace. That we would live in the present. Lastly, pray for faith. That is unshakable no matter the circumstances. As I said, Jesus said, in this life, there will be troubles. But take heart, I will overcome the world. We can pray for faith that is unshakable. Now today, as you've sat here and you've heard Jabez's story, you may have grown tired praying for particular things in your life. Or for yourself. You know, you've given up or you're on the verge of giving up. I want to encourage you that he will answer. That God does answer. Maybe not as we want. Maybe not in our timing. But God definitely does answer. And in Matthew 7, Jesus said this. He said, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more? Or your Father in heaven give good gifts. Our Father in heaven gives good gifts. 
Now, I wonder, while you sat here, if maybe you could just take a couple of seconds just to reflect on those things that we're seeking God for. Maybe not just the things that we want. It should be the things that we need. It's true, the Bible says that he knows already what we need. Maybe just take a few seconds here just to reflect. And while you're doing that, I'll ask the band to come up. This morning, what are you trusting God for? What are you believing him for? What daily provision do you seek from God? Is it the grace to live in the present and not be anxious about the future? Or is it prayer that you might have a generous heart and be a cheerful giver? I want to say to those in the room today who may not know Jesus, that as I said, he invites us in. Not only is he just uh, this God who's up there, he's a personal God who makes himself personally known to us. He isn't there just there to tick off our list, but he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And you could come to know this Jesus too. If you'd like to, you could come and see myself or Phil after at the end of the service. And we'd love to invite you. We'd love to, you know, show you who this Jesus is that we speak of. This Jesus that we have ourselves embedded to. And he embeds himself to him. He says, draw near unto me and I'll draw near unto you. He's made himself near. We have the abiding, dwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, specifically, there are some among us today who are seeking God for healing. And, you know, we would love, love to pray with you. Maybe you've grown weary in praying for a particular thing. We would love to pray with you as well. But, you know, as I was writing this preach, um, I got a real sense of God by his Holy Spirit saying that, There's people in here who are seeking him for a sound mind. A sound mind in times of worry, in fear. Maybe it might be overwhelming anxiety. We would love to pray for you. For those of you who are in the room, maybe it's a simple prayer of God. Would you just show your favor on me this week? Would you do something that the unexpected. We can run to God daily. Run to God daily for our finances, for our work, our health situation, our housing, our transport, our relationships, for guidance. We need the leading hand of God. I wonder if you would rise to your feet. If you're willing and able to. And I want to pray for us. Yesterday, today's service has spoken much about praying for blessing, praying to God for ourselves. And it's right that we do do that. 
but with every eyes closed and head bowed today's message might have resonated with some of you in the room today and I'll invite you forward if you want prayer myself and Phil and Emily are here to pray with you we'd love to pray and stand with you whatever it is you're seeking God for he knows your every need but Lord God and Father this morning I thank you for Jesus I thank you for sending Jesus your son and that we could receive salvation we could receive your redemption through Jesus your son Jesus came and died that we might be put right in relationship with you. It was the only way that it could be done. And I want to say thank you, Jesus, for doing that. But this morning, as we stand as a church, Lord, there's some of us who are praying for spiritual growth. Lord, there's some of us who are praying for boldness. Lord, there's some of us who are praying for a deep desire to live a life that's pleasing to you. I pray, pray, Lord, that you would grant that request. I pray, Lord, that you would move in our everyday lives, Lord God Jesus. You know our needs. Lord, we put aside our wants and we lay before you our needs. Lord, there's some in the room who are praying for healing. There's some in the room who are praying for a sound mind. Lord, I pray that you would do that this morning. I pray, Lord God, that you would do that by your mighty hand. I pray, Lord God, that you would just lift the spirit of heaviness and that you would give us a garment of praise, that you would give us the oil of joy for mourning. Lord, whatever the need is this morning, by your presence, Lord, I pray, would you move? Lord, there's some hearts requests that are desperate for you. They're desperate for you to move. Lord, come and overwhelm us with your presence. Come and move in your power, Lord Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The band are going to lead us in our last song, which is the blessing. But as I said, the floor is open. If you do want to come forward, we'd love to pray with you. Um, You're more than welcome to do that during the song.